0: You Hey you. Welcome to Cantorian you. Great to be with you here. Our guest today is Matt Pinfield. Do you remember Matt Pinfield MTV? Known for his amazing rock rock knowledge. The guy's an encyclopedia. Talk about a musicologist. Matt's just amazing. He's just foof. Genius status. Mensa. When it comes to uh, his knowledge of music and music history, not only does he have incredible knowledge, but experiences. Because to me, he's kind of like uh, almost Cameron Crowe esque, where you got Cameron Crowe, who I love and adore. And I love Matt too. And I tell him that in this forthcoming interview. But, um, you know, Matt's a guy who's been in the business for decades much like Cameron Crowe, and uh, became friends with the rock stars, you know? And that's something that is always a weird thing, and there's always a fine line when it comes to being a broadcaster or, in his case, a VJ and then a DJ. He's also done a lot of on-air radio stuff, and you got Cameron Crowe as a writer and then or journalist, started as a journalist, and then when you cross, that's what Almost Famous was about, you know, crossing that line where you go from... It's your profession until you become, you know, you're friends with the rock stars. And Matt Pinfield definitely falls in that category. And uh, he was affected tremendously when it came to Chris Cornell's suicide. And and we discussed that here. And now he's in a much better place. And, and it's great talking to him and hearing a, a different Matt than I, than I heard the last time. So... Thank you to Matt Pinfield for joining us. Uh, I'll fill you in on stuff going on with the You Network and some of the drama we hit a couple of weeks ago. I did take off last week for Thanksgiving. I do hope you had a great holiday with friends and family. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. We did pick up one here uh, the last couple of weeks, and that's Surfer's Healing. Surfer's Healing, which is an amazing nonprofit And if you're looking for a charity or nonprofit to support this holiday season, please consider Surfers Healing, where their mission is to take kids who are living with autism out in the water to experience the benefits of surf therapy. Uh, I receive so much from the ocean. Uh, When it comes to surf therapy, I can go on for days. So if you're looking for an organization to give to this holiday season, please consider Surfers Healing. You can donate via their Facebook or Online at surfershealing.org. Also, want to thank South Coast. They're amazing. I love our South Coast Surf Shop family. You could visit them online at southcoastsurf.com. And if you enter you at checkout, that's U Y E W with an exclamation mark, get yourself 15% off at South Coast. And the, uh, the shops are now carrying our new you long sleeves. I love them. I I absolutely adore these long sleeves designed by my friend Nate over at SaltyTimbers.com, and uh, Nate is an amazing artist. He was the art director over at Sector Nine Skateboards for over a decade, and uh, he designed this Sugar Skull, which uh, has everything essentially that you is about on the skull, the platform represented on the Sugar Skull. You've got uh, skate ramps, surfboards music, Uh, what else, snowboards, Uh, you've got craft beer, you've got hops, you've got (coughs) cannabis, Uh, you've got uh, a guitar, tacos. Uh, It's just amazing, beautiful, now available, the U Long Sleeves at South Coast with five locations between OB and PB. Go down there and say hello and get yourself some new gear. They're amazing people, and I thank you so much for supporting by wearing and buying the merchandise. It helps so much, I can't even tell you. From the bottom of my heart. So, uh, what, two, three weeks ago now, I found out that an uh, entertainment company, digital company on the East Coast by the name of Barstool Sports launched or was promoting a platform and still are promoting a platform on Instagram and Twitter by the name of You. <laughs> you with two W's, which reminds me so much of coming to America with McDonald's and McDowell's. They got the Big Mac.
1: We got the Big Mac.
0: But uh, yeah, since our discussion, I, uh, I actually took my guest uh, Ryan Berman's advice. I'm no longer emotional about the whole thing. In fact, it makes me laugh. And it's kind of exciting. If anything, it's empowered me. <laughs> I'm more pumped to uh, kick ass with this, and uh, we've turned up the volume. We're we're doing a lot of things behind the scenes uh, when it comes to trademarking and all that weird stuff, you know, copywriting, trademarking, and all that. But aside from that, we're also ramping up the content flow for 2018. We're bringing in uh, some managers and some biz dev people, and it's really exciting shit that probably wouldn't have, I don't know, I don't know if he would have ramped up this fast if it wasn't for Barstool launching you with two W's. And as, as far as that's concerned, I did contact an attorney friend who's up in Los Angeles and works for some hotshot firm. And uh, we've sent Barstool a cease and desist in letter form and email form. And we're waiting for their response. And I think we're giving it to tomorrow. And then... Uh, then we go into a, another phase. What that other phase is, I'm honestly not sure at this juncture, but I will certainly keep you abreast. Thank you to Tory Holistics. Big things right now as far as the cannabis industry is concerned because January 1st, things go recreational. What does that mean? That means you can walk into Tory Holistics, conveniently located in Sereno Valley at the, <laughs> at the I-5 and 805, closest collective, To North County, you can walk in there starting January 1st with a driver's license, California State ID, and do what you do. You don't have to get one of those weird recommendations or or sit in a creepy doctor's office and get some weird form stamped. You just go straight in, straight into the collective with your ID and say, hey, I'm here for some THC-based products. Maybe you want some flowers or some edibles or CBD products, the non-psychoactive part of the plant. You can go in there and get uh, little sprays, pills, tinctures, edibles that are CBD infused. No THC. The list goes on. They really have it all over at Torrey Holistics. They've been doing it above bar since day one. And you voted for it. And it all goes into effect January 1st with Torrey Holistics on the front lines. So if you are looking for cannabis-related products, THC-based or CBD-based, head on into Tori. Sorrento Valley or online at toriholistics.com. Now, it's interesting that we go from talking about that to Matt Pinfield because the last time I talked to Matt, he was in a very bad place. Now we talk to Matt in a very good place. He's sober. He's uh, working his ass off. Sounds fantastic. It was such a great phone conversation that uh, we have set a time to uh, sit down and do this thing face-to-face here in San Diego. But, without further ado, Matt Pinfield joins us from Los Angeles. How you doing, man? What's going on? Living the dream, bud. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) How's life in Southern California? I love it. I really love it, man. You
1: know, I hit to start button came down here. I had not lived in SoCal since 2000 and 2001 when I was doing that show farmclub.com for uh, Jimmy Ivey. And there's a small clip of uh, myself and Eminem and Dre in that Defiant Ones documentary on HBO about Jimmy Ivey and Dr. Dre. And uh, it was exciting. I really actually loved living in Southern California and the LA area. I Really didn't want to move back to New York. Um, Don't get me wrong, I love New York, and I love New Jersey, and, you know, I'm from there, but I never really enjoyed the winters too much, (laughs) so I love Southern California, and when I moved back, I moved back because I was hired to work at Columbia Records, and they basically said to me, well, look, you can come in as a senior director of A&R if... You move to New York and work out of the main offices in New York City at Sony, or you can stay in California and work out of Santa Monica's satellite office, but you'll only be a consultant. And I had a new baby, so, you know, it was either have benefits for your baby or have no benefits and be a consultant. And it was, it's really not a choice, you know <laughs> what I mean? So
0: I know too was, well.
1: Get on a plane and move to New York City. So it was back to the brutal winters, and the winters have just gotten worse out there, so... First, I moved to San Francisco. And without really understanding that winters aren't great there either. <laughs> They're okay. Um, but I had to restart button and move down here a few months back. And, you know, now I live in Hollywood, and I really love Southern California. I, just, I really do. I love the, the weather's better. And uh, for me, it's great because, you know, I just have access to so much doing what I do. And I do my radio shows from Culver City uh, or my house. Um, and, you know, I just I just enjoy being here. And it's plus for me, being in recovery, it's, um, there's just so many people here from the music world, you know, that are also sober like me. So there's incredible support in this area.
0: So I really love it. I just think it's great. And it's been working out really well for me. I'm so happy to hear, man, and you sound—I'll be honest—better than I've ever heard you uh, the last five years, at least.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's—you know—I mean, I had some really good good stints of uh, sobriety, of course. You know, somebody's calling me from uh, San Antonio. I don't know who that is, but I'll—I'll just let me see.
0: Yeah, no sweat send a voicemail because I don't know who that is
1: but anyway um what I wanted to say to you was uh yeah I mean I've had some some long stints of sobriety but when everything went down with Chris Cornell that really kind of you know I just I, I had a lot of trouble dealing with Chris's death so um you know I went out again and started to drink because I just really had, I really had trouble dealing with that. I just, you know, it was, it was tough for me because Chris and I had been very close friends. And, you know, we, it was like when Trent Reznor and I said to each other, it's really interesting. So the last night that I saw Chris, I also saw Trent that same night. And, you know, uh, Trent kissed me on both cheeks, put his arms around me. And he said, Matt, we're still here against all odds. Right, And, That was really how we all felt. Um, And, you know, Chris was really fighting the fight, fighting the fight hard, and he was doing fantastic. So the news became, you know, just such an incredible blow uh, that, you know, and it's the last thing in the world somebody like Chris would want his friends to do. The last thing he'd want you to do is to relapse or to uh, get in a situation where, you know uh, you, you get into that hole again but let's just get let's just fast forward and just say that uh, I'm doing phenomenally now and I'm just feel I feel great you know um, I I feel great I'm doing great and uh, you know I hit the restart button as I said I rebooted and um, you know everything is going well I just uh, you know everything's on a positive note and you know there's no negativity I will admit to that. Uh, I was very, very affected and saddened by Chester's death. Yeah, man. You know, when things were going down with Chris, you know how badly that affected Chester. And then when I was really devastated by Chris, Chester was reaching out to console and to work with me. Like he was actually, Chester was, you know, Trying to make sure I was okay, he was worrying about me. So there, you know, there was a whole chain of chain reaction, you know. Um, So, you know, Chester had been reaching out to me three days before, texting me saying, "Are we getting together? Now that you're out here, let's get together." So anyway, I don't want to stay on all negative things. Yeah, I love and miss miss my friends, man. You know, it's
0: so interesting though that you bring up. You know, When you said that, uh, when you talked about that exchange between you and Trent, it's interesting that you referenced being a survivor and how amazing that is and recognizing that now because just the other night I saw Guns N' Roses down here in San Diego, and that's all I could think about, seeing those three dudes together. They're survivors, man.
1: They are, and they're all sober. And they're all doing unbelievably great, and they're just... Putting their energy into everything they do, and they love what they do. Every night, they love to go out and slay it and play three and a half hours. And you know, uh, I, you know, I'm very great. Duff and I are very close, and you know, I'm friends with those guys. And you know, I just, uh, you know, we're all grateful to be here. We're all grateful to be alive, and we're all. We all know that we. Uh, it's a gift, you know, um, and that's that's the one thing that I can certainly say. And uh, I, you know, I just—I'm just really happy. It's really interesting. I always reference that song by Cypress Hill. I ain't going out like that. You know, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I ain't going out like that. I've, I've got too many things to do. I got too many things to be grateful for. I agree. And I love—I love what I do, man. I mean, you know, my nightly show that I do two hours in Matt Pinfield—I I love that. It's you know, it's on 21 Cities. And, uh, you know, and then the weekend show flashbacks that I do is on about a hundred markets in North America. And I, it just, these things are really, they're they're so enjoyable for me to do. I love doing my podcast, two hours from Matt Binnfield. I just, I love all the things that I do and there's a bunch of other things brewing. So I just, I love keeping busy. Music has always been the thing that I love. I've got two beautiful daughters, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of things to be grateful for. I get it. And my friends, my people that are listeners, and uh, my family, they all deserve uh, the best foot forward that I can give. So that's what I do, you know. And that's where I'm at
0: right now. So, And, and that's fantastic, Matt. And I'm curious, for those who might be listening to this and dealing with their own struggles, can you, can you take people through... You know, just your daily routines as to how you do stay healthy and part of the process, maybe to inspire someone listening right now.
1: Well, one of the things I still believe, I still believe that it's if you have, if you can find a way to have the time. I think that your physical health is really important as another way to deal with your mental health. Um, I do go to the gym, literally. You know almost every day i go and even if you do very little even if you don't have time to go to the gym if you do some kind of exercise for yourself at home it's really it's extremely important because it's one of those ways that you can release the pressure valve a bit on yourself i think it's very you know it's super important so i joined a gym here in los angeles that i go to on a regular basis all the time i think the other thing is
0: you're not a curve are you (laughs) No, no, not a curfew. No, no, they would, they wouldn't accept me. Of no,
1: um, no, I go to like an LA. Fitness I'm
0: kidding. It's, it's, it's walking distance, you know.
1: But um, you know, so I can stroll in there. It makes it, it's. It, I, I can guilt myself and go. You have no excuse. I get Just it. Get your ass in there, anyway. Um, and uh, you know, I go to meetings. I go to meetings and I stay connected. I have so many friends. So many musicians that people know out there and I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a program that, uh, you
0: know, it's, it's an anonymity, so I don't want to mention you, but, sure. um, but I will say that, uh, you know, I stay
1: connected to my brothers, you know what I mean? And sisters out there that are, you know, have gone through the same thing I have, but want to lead a different kind of life. They want to be alive. They want to be productive parts of society and they want to, uh, you know, they want to enjoy what, the time that they have, and they want to just, you know, there's just, just so many options. Uh, somebody once said to me, you know, it comes down to it, you know, for people that have suffered from, you know, the pitfalls of drugs and alcohol or, uh, you know, depression, which is also something that has to be dealt with. Because a lot of times it comes down to self-medication, you know, and I'm not suffering from any of those issues right now because I'm doing, you know, feeling great and I'm great spirits and just, you know, taking care of all business. So, um, I think the thing is that, you know, you really just, you have to address those things no matter what, if you find you're out there and you feel like you might be suffering from depression and you just feel like, you, you know, you, you might need help. You, if you feel like you might need help, then you probably do. And remember, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's medical. It's medical, it's chemical, it's chemical, it's, it's these are things that have to do with chemical imbalances. And there's no shame in trying to go get diagnosed and find out what's happening within your body and within your brain chemistry because that's the kind of thing that uh, can completely derail you yep. without you really even knowing it. So it's really important to just forget, shed the shame, you know, and go and take care of the business and uh, give yourself that shot because you deserve
0: it. Yeah, man. It does feel like we're making a lot of progress in that area. I'll say that much. It does feel like there has been, especially in light of Cornell and Chester, Mm -hmm. this, this major movement where people aren't as ashamed to come forward and admit that they do struggle. It's something that I've been able to do the last year. You know, I always hinted at, yeah, I've got anxiety issues, but I've never... Really got deep into it and explained that you know my actions are at times a result of you know mental health related things that I'm dealing with and maybe I am taking the wrong path or the unhealthy path. But when she get on the right path, that clarity that you get that I have now is friggin' beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you, exactly it is. And a lot of times you convince yourself that there's no other way but to self medicate, and that is absolutely untrue. And you can convince yourself and say, oh, there's no hope for me, or this is really the only way that I can deal with this issue that I suffer from. And that's, again, untrue. You've got to give yourself the chance to solve it another way, not a way that will become self-destructive to you, you know, so... I think that's great. I'm glad to hear that but that's working
0: out for you as well. Yeah, man, it's all about not beating the shit out of myself, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, it's
1: true. You just can't beat the shit out of yourself. Hey there, hon. how you doing?
0: Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no worries. So, on a positive, I want to hear more about what you're doing with Westwood One because I was hanging out with your producer yesterday. We were having coffee. And he's showing me pictures of you with Beck, and I'm like,
1: what? Yeah, we're doing great. I mean, we've got the podcast, which, you know, is up to about 170 episodes now. And, uh, you know, we we just bring in, you know, we have so much fun doing the podcast. It's called Two Hours of Matt Finfield, and it's on all all different platforms. And, you know, we use those interviews in our radio show as well, which, you know, is on everywhere from, uh, you know, Chicago to Nashville to Minneapolis, Buffalo to New Orleans to... uh, You know uh, Tucson and uh, and more cities, and we I I just really enjoy you know doing kind of what you and I are doing right now. That's I love hanging out with artists and talking to them and picking their brains, and you know looking into. You know, the thing that drove them to want to become involved in music and fall in love with music and fall in love with playing an instrument and the motivations behind writing. And so, yeah, this that show has been really doing great and growing. And I still do Flashback, which is a show that I've done for about eight years now, which runs on the weekend. So those two things are doing really well. And of course... My book is still available, which is uh, the book called All These Things That I've Done, which is named after the killer song that I inspired Brandon Flowers to write. And uh, the uh, subtitle of that book is called My Insane Improbable Rock Life. And Simon e. Schuster put the book out in Scribner. So that book is available just so people know if, you're, if you want to pick up my book or read it one way or another or listen to it. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can get it there in the hardcover nonfiction. Uh, you can get it also Nook, Kindle, Audible dot com books on CD. So it's pretty much everywhere. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it's, and I and it's a listen. I get really down and deep in that book. You know, I I don't I don't candy coat it. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all there. It's the glory and the pitfalls and everything else in between. So. Uh, if you want to really hear what it's all about. And you'll get a real behind-the-scenes look at, you know, my life over the years through MTV and the radio and a record company over at Sony when I was there. And you'll you'll really find it truly interesting if you're interested in, you know, a journey like that and a love for rock
0: and roll and music. Yeah, man. Now, let me ask you this. When you look at your trajectory, because it is so illustrious, if you will, how much of it was luck, being in the right place, right time versus talent. How did you plug in? Where do you really see that connection? And what was that thing that just connected you to it and made you rise?
1: Well, I think the thing is that, you know, I agree with that expression that uh, luck is really uh, when when preparation meets opportunity. Uh, You know, I mean, the thing is I just never, ever stopped being hungry never ever stopped with the hunger with the drive to uh move forward i just always wanted to be around the music and working music and i had an absolute love for radio from the time i was a young kid you know yeah. i mean in the book i talk about my uh pirate radio station in my basement you know
0: and where'd you and, grow um, up again matt where'd you grow up
1: i grew up in a town called east brunswick new jersey and uh which
0: is around rutgers university yeah and, yep um, so it was kind of cool to grow up there because I was
1: literally 35 minutes from New York City. So, you know, I was close enough to New York City, but far away enough that I still grew up in the suburbs. So it was
0: that was me like, in Long know. Island.
1: Yeah, oh, where in Long Island did you grow up?
0: <laughs> Glen Head, Roslyn. I went to North Shore like junior high, and then moved to California in high school. Oh, I see North Shore Animal League, remember? Dude, of course. Right. You kidding me? North
1: Shore Animal League free wee
0: pads. We exactly exactly (laughs) great poll, man yeah that was did you
1: go to nassau coliseum
0: when you were a kid hell dude my first concert was at nassau coliseum i saw rush and marillion opened oh my god it's so funny i just i literally
1: just had all the world's a stage out i was going through my vinyl and i pulled that out a few minutes
0: ago yeah that was my first show and my second show was you two at the coliseum nassau coliseum on the unforgettable fire tour
1: uh, that's great. Yeah, it's, man, it's a great venue. You know, the first show I ever saw at the Nassau Coliseum was Bowie when I was really young, oh. and, uh, and it was the uh, Station to Station tour. And I asked Bowie uh, this great story. I told you know he would show the Salvador Dali that movie um, that he Dali was involved in that Lum and well, I forgot what the name of it was, but it was the
0: one that. The Pixies are referring to and that was song, Debaser. The the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sl- slash of the eyeballs. And
1: um, when they so- showed the slashing the eyeballs, they showed that movie before Bowie took the stage. The audience would scream in complete terror and horror. And I said to David, I said, I remember the audience screaming. He said to me, he goes, Matt, you know what? He goes. I always knew I had ten minutes to get on the stage. The minute I heard the audience scream, because <laughs> <out> <laughs> there was that long intro on the station to the, station, the song. So he always knew he had ten minutes to get on stage. It's pretty funny. To so timed himself from a scream. <laughs>
0: so getting back to what you were saying, you grew up in East Brunswick. You were you were a half hour from the city, which obviously was your portal to yeah bowie obviously you know his time that he spent in new york or talking heads i would imagine in that whole movement right
1: yeah i mean here's the thing that's interesting i mean i loved all that stuff and i was interested in it and uh but i started really going to cbs as those bands were already starting to branch out and play other places but i was there uh going to cbs underage um you know at the end of the 1970s early 1980s i was uh i was there for all that basically new wave era and going to you know CBGBs and new york clubs but jersey clubs too because jersey had an incredible scene and all those bands would come down and play in jersey
0: and you could back then get into clubs when you were 15 16 years old i
1: know they did not card
0: anybody i lived it you, you remember people would try you could drive down the highway with a 12 pack of beer in your car so true <laughs> so true man I, didn't even care. I know It was unbelievable you know it's a very different
1: time but yeah you know my as far as that you know the trajectory and everything happening was i mean i just really stuck to my guns and, and you know and my heart was in it. It was one of those things where, if that meant working three or four jobs at a time, that's what I would do. And you know, I had a daughter. I mean, I you know, people used to say to me, "Oh, well, if you're gonna, you have a kid, you know, your your opportunities are going to be over. You know, once you're once you're a parent, you have to give
0: up your dreams." Well, that's not necessarily true. You just have to work fifteen times as hard. But so that's true. Right. You're right. You know. So. You know, and it was just, I kept
1: working and just kind of building my reputation and that, like anybody you know from being in radio, when you start out, you'll take
0: any shift that they got that means you'll work on the holidays you'll work, you'll drive through a snowstorm and work overnight, Uh, it's true yeah, you'll work overnight, you'll work every holiday that nobody else wants to work because, you you know, your
1: heart and soul's in it that's how you have to start you have to start that way and you you don't know how long you're going to have to do it and certainly there will be times where you will be test it and you will say to yourself you know oh man is this ever gonna pan out into anything for me but you know it's you just have to love and believe and you know just do whatever you have to do to stay in
0: it you're and right really man my recommendation you, you ever know? think about pivoting out though Was there ever a moment you saw yourself hanging on a realtor side matt pinfield realty <sighs>
1: I, while I was doing radio part time, I taxi dispatched. Of course, I did what so many of us do, where I did weddings and parties and
0: stuff. I'm talking I mean, even you know, more like later in life, though, because that's something that yeah, I struggle with at times. I would. I mean, I I, I don't want to say for me. I would never,
1: ever, you know, talk smack and and say, oh, I would never do. How do I know? I mean, I my reality is. You, I just say, you never know what you will do when the moment comes and you say to yourself and you're in that position and you look in the mirror, well, what will I do now? Okay, you you, you might, you might do that. You might, you might do really, you might, you might have to step out of of what you're doing, what you love to do, to do something else, because you do have to get those bills paid and bills paid. You do have to put food on the table for your children. And there is no shame in that whatsoever. Hell No. not, not, you know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned. I, in fact, I have more respect for someone who will do that to do the right thing, you know, and then when, wait for the opportunity when they, I, I've seen a lot of people do that and then get back into the game True, when they've had the right opportunity. And I, I respect that immensely. I really do
0: well I respect you immensely man just for what it's worth Matt I've been a fan for friggin decades Chris
1: I really appreciate that
0: and I don't throw that out very casually, man. For what it's worth, I just I think you're friggin' rad, and, and I support all your endeavors so much, Matt. and And you've inspired me for years, just being that musicologist. Going, man, I wish I had the knowledge like that, dude. Or you're you're on camera, and how you're so affable and friendly and warm, man. And that's just a great personality trait on camera to strive for. Your knowledge behind the Mike is something to strive for. So thanks for being a personal inspiration, man. No, that absolutely means the world to me, Chris.
1: Thank you so much. I just wanted to tell you, you're really a pleasure to talk to and a pleasure to have a conversation with. I love doing this with
0: you. Yeah, let's do it more, man. I want to do a face-to-face and really kind of get deep and talk about that trajectory. I just asked a 35,000-foot question, but I would really like to learn more about you as as a kid and and you coming of age in the industry, and it's just so fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, we got to do that when I, I got to come down to San Diego. We should
0: do it there. Anytime, know? man. I'll put you up. I can get you a hotel room great. if you want to come down for a night with your with your lady or your kids or whatever, man. Consider yeah, it. I'll do that.
1: I'm sure, I'm sure she would love that, so we'll do that.
0: Be great. Yeah. All right, Chris, it was great talking to you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you, my friend, and have a great day, okay? All right, you too, Chris. Take All right, care. Bud. great talking to you. Thank you, Matt. Such a good dude. So great to talk to him in a good place, and I meant what I said. He's uh, he's inspired me for quite some time, and I'm I'm pumped to call him a uh, an industry friend, if you will. And thank you for listening. Now, you, I consider our relationship is different. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I uh, I ran into one of you the other day, actually yesterday, Dave. Um, guy named Dave and PB, I was having coffee with, uh, Matt Pinfield's producer, Ted, and some guy, Dave, who came up to us. He was like, Hey, I'm sorry to bother, but blah, blah, blah. And went off about how he's been listening for 25 years. And I was just so touched, especially at this time in my life. I, 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 am just so humbled by people who say that sort of stuff that, and so grateful that I actually stopped my coffee with my friend Ted and said, hey, hold on a sec, and took this guy Dave back to my van, and I gave him a a U-long sleeve, and uh, the one with the sugar skulls that I was talking about earlier, and it was so cool. I gave him the long sleeve, and he was so stoked, and we took a selfie together. Then I go back to my conversation with Ted, and about 15, 20 minutes later, This guy, Dave, goes ripping by on his beach cruiser, gives me a you and he's wearing the long sleeve, and he was so pumped, and I was so pumped, and it was rad. It was such a cool moment, so thank you for listening. I don't take you for granted. I hope you know that, and I never have the last 20, 25 years, and uh, man, I'd give you the shirt off my back or out of my van, and thank you to Dave for saying hi. That was friggin' rad. And thank you to the patrons. You know who you are. We are up on Patreon. I always mention it at the end because it's kind of uncomfortable. I don't like taking your money, I'll be honest. But it is part of the process of staying in age for us content providers who are independent. But uh, yes, it means so much. You know who you are, and I do my best to pay it forward with concert tickets and merch. But thank you to our patrons, and you can become one. It just takes seconds to sign up. At Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash U. And you can give anything from, I think it's what, a dollar, five dollars a month up until yeah, $250 a month. Are you kidding me? Mariposa Ice Cream? Mariposa Ice Cream, as far as I'm concerned, based on their contribution on uh, on Patreon, they're uh, executive producers of this show. Talk about keeping the lights on. If this was a movie, closing credits, it would say executive producer Mariposa Ice Cream with three locations between Normal Heights, Oceanside, and Temecula. And they have, hands down, and I'd say this if they weren't patrons, they have the best ice cream, homemade ice cream on the planet, RIP Dick. Until next time, be well and much aloha. I think I should end every show. Because he has such a great and had such a great sense of humor. The uh, former owner of Mariposa Ice Cream who passed uh, a couple of years back. And I I miss him dearly. Such a great dude and was a friend and still friends with his uh, widow, wife, uh, Anna. But I think I should end every podcast with R.I.P. Dick. (laughs) Until next time, be well and much aloha. R.I.P. Dick.